welcome back and uh, thank you for being with us uh, this morning. We have uh, you know, our dear friend Wilfried Eibach out of Germany with uh, Stefan. We have uh, Cameron Steele here in California with us and we have uh, David Cordy with us as well from California. John Kilroy is going to be our host. So good morning to you in California. Good evening in Germany. And we're delighted to have you here. Uh, I'd like to say a, a special word for, for Wilfred because uh, Wilfred has been an inspiration for me as a racer and entrepreneur. And uh, he is one of a kind in this industry. And, uh, you know, all of us uh, in this industry have so much admiration for uh, who he is, what he has done. And I'd like to share two little stories with you. I see we have about two minutes. And uh, one little story goes back to 2003. At that time, I was working for uh, the wonderful Steve Lewis, who uh, I learned so much from. And, uh, and then uh, we were in Indianapolis, and, and Steve asked me to organize a reception for our international guest and to find a great speaker. And he said, Wolfrid would just be perfect. So John Kilroy helped me uh, get a series of questions and Wilfried was our special guest. And during the questions, one of them was, and I will remember that my whole life, uh, Wilfried, could you please share with us your secret for doing so well in bringing uh, a company to the US? And uh, Wilfried looked at me with big eyes and said, secret? I don't have secrets, but what I can do is share with you guys all the mistakes I made so you don't make them too. And that's Wilfred. You know, that's just, uh, you know, show his strength, his confidence, what a genius he is. And then share a second story with you guys uh, as we have one more minute. In 2018, when I uh, went into launching Portrait with my co-founder, Judy Keen and the great John Kilroy, um, I, I, I told Wilfred what I was going to be doing, and, and I told him this is a really, really big risk, but I think this is what needs to be done. And Wilfred looked at me and says, you know, Francis, the biggest risk of them all is not to take any. And that's, again, you know, what, a, uh, what, a, what an inspiration you have been for all of us in this industry. So I wanted to share that with you and with our audience. And so thank you for being with us. It is eight o'clock here in California. And uh, my understanding is it's 5 p.m. in Germany. So John Kiroy, you're on. Special thank you to David Cordy for organizing these sessions, for believing in the ePortrait platform since launched. And we are delightful to, uh, delighted <laughs> to have you guys uh, with us uh, today. John, on to you. All right, thank you, Francisc. Uh, the webinar we have today is Championship Proven Spring Technology and Manufacturing Processes with IBOC. We have Wilfred IBOC, Chairman of the IBOC Group with us, David Cardi, National Sales Manager at IBOC Springs, Stephen Stocker, Motorsports Manager of IBOC, and Cameron Steele, a Baja 1000 champion, Motorsports TV personality and founder of Desert Assassins and Adventure, as well as Baja HQ. Uh, as Francis said, it's an especially big deal to us personally to have Wilfred Eibach here. Uh, we've known uh, Wilfred for decades now, and he's been something of a mentor and uh, for sure an unofficial advisor for us. 
And we've been talking to Wilfred the whole time, going back 30 years about uh, the, the global perspective on racing, which has just changed dramatically from there's not much global trading going on back in 1990 to it's, it's, it's normal now. Uh, crossing the Atlantic, crossing the Pacific, uh, global trading has just become normal in the racing business. And then um, I, I remember when I look back on some of my moments with Wilfred, uh, there's a time uh, about 15 years or so ago where a, a lot of companies in the U.S. were complaining about parts coming from China. And we, we talked with Wilfred and he was in China at the time because he was figuring out how to sell parts to the Chinese, sell parts to Southeast Asia. And, and, and we just thought that was brilliant. It, it was pretty early at that time. But that's what Wilfred does. He, he gets there early. He plants the seed. He follows up and executes so well. And then there's really right now and probably the last five years, uh, there's a serious market for race parts in China and Southeast Asia. It's a burgeoning market. Uh, Ibach has six locations around the world. There's a giant Ibach facility about 20 miles away from where I live. And it's just prominent off a major freeway, right near a major freeway uh, intersection. And you really can't miss Ibach in the United States, uh, whatever racing event you go to. And the interesting thing about IBOC, which is there's a million interesting things, but in the U.S., I believe a lot of people think IBOC is a U.S. company. And that's really hard to, to take a company from outside the United States where they started and, and just fit in with the culture, fit in with the business practices. But uh, IBOC's done that, and, and it's just masterful, and I'm still trying to figure out how they did it. And then as far as the technology coming out of IBOC, uh, we've seen it. It's just a nonstop state of improvement of performance and racing applications, nonstop. I mean, today's a Tuesday, IBOC is figuring out how to make the product better, stronger, lighter, everything. And I love this description of IBOC in their showcase. It's very simple. Uh, IBOC, produ IBOC products are created to meet the extreme requirements of racing. From the 245-mile-per-hour Mulsanne Strait of Le Mans to the fender-to-fender -fender combat of Daytona Motor Speedway. And that's the description of IBOC that we have in the epartrade.com showcase. And that's it. And that's, that's IBOC to me. Uh, so there's, a, there's a lot to talk about. Go to their showcase. They have a great showcase on ePartrade. Uh, and, and Wilfred, uh, just personally, uh, thank you for being here. And, and I'll, I'll throw it to you. Uh, what's your opening statements, Wilfred, about IBOC talking to the worldwide racing industry right now? <laughs> what can I say? You said everything about us. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, nice to see you. Nice to be in such a meeting. For me, it's a kind of uh, first time uh, to be so virtual here. Uh, yeah, we are here. We are sitting. We got the first snow here. So it's the first winter day. And usually I would be out there in my second homeland and um, and uh, having been then at the Bacha this year but I miss it and I we missed all the SEMA show so it's a different world at the moment nevertheless uh, it's unbelievable how still how much business is still going on so um, so here we are and um, I go back um, I was thinking about Turkey night last week um, actually, uh, it was the first time that I celebrated my birthday here in Germany since 33 years, because I always had birthday around the Turkey night. It was actually on Thanksgiving last week. 
I hope you can't see that I have birthday. So, <laughs> um, so I missed the turkey night. And to be honest, my daughter, she was with me at the time. You remember Swanke? Oh yeah. And uh, and the, the first time it was possibly 25 years ago. Then we went to Turkey Night, and then Steve Lewis was there with the midgets, and uh, and we met Steve Lewis. And somehow I don't know why, but there was some sympathy out there, and he took us around. There was no Ivar Spring, not anyone. And look today, and we kept on on going and 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 looking for new customers and and segments and. Uh, and um, as I have a kind of hunting fever in me, in me, and my wife uh, did not allow me to go for any blondes or brunettes, so I went for new customers and no, went for new marketplaces. So that's <laughs> that's what it is. And um, of course, it's um, I'm now 62 years with the company. Started with my father when we were three. Now we are 600. I, it's. Uh, it's quite amazing what we have achieved, and uh, but we only could achieve it with you, with you. We always had friends at our hand. Doug Stokes was one of them, and also in Irvingdale. Then, uh, then we were taken to Bacha, and then I was lost. In Bacha, I'm I'm lost in Offroad, and I had my friends Arvin Springer, Eve Morisot. Uh, we are called the Three Musketeers. So what can you say? It's and. You said we are a German company. I can't, can't agree. In America, we are a proud American company. Okay, yes. with a little bit of a German accent. But in China, they say the same thing. So, and uh, I hope that we never gave any indication that we are a typical German. We, uh, typical German businessmen can be a little bit rough once in a while. And uh, we always like to be what we are and uh, and I think among our people we call ourselves in general um, we say we are all soul brothers look at Tony Tobias in England so he said we are Wilfred we have to be proud we are millionaires I said I don't want to be a millionaire he said but we are we are friendship millionaires and that's why why I'm proud proud of so Hello to all. Hello, Cameron. We want to see you now. <laughs> Whatever, you control it. John, nice to see you. Nice to be with you. Well, it's good uh, to be here. Oh, go ahead, Cameron. I was just going to say it's good to be here, John, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of the, the IBOC family. And I think when you say it's uh, known as an American company, I think it's just known as a, a great company. So everybody has a symbolic feeling about what IBOC means to them and what it means to our racing industry and not just to roll on and, and pile on the compliments, but you know, when you are associating or using the best products and they stand so proud, I mean, right off the freeway, like you were saying, I mean, we drive by it all the time. It feels like it's part of Americana. And I just think it's part of that culture of racing and freedom and excitement. And that's what makes it feel like it's just part of America in general. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the amazing, many amazing things about Wilfred is that Steve Lewis uh, was taking suppliers all the time around midget racing and say, here's an opportunity for you. And especially from Europe, they would say, uh, no, we can't do it. <laughs> and we'd say, no. And then Wilfred yeah. says, yes. And, and now that there's, if you go in the showcase in Ebar Trade, there's springs for midgets, you know, new, brand new springs for midgets. So 
that's the kind of person, again, that Wilford is. I have some very specific questions uh, for IBOC, but again, Wilford, I just want to start off with a general question. We have people who own and run racing businesses here. So uh, just uh, share with us kind of briefly your philosophy and your, your practices and your discipline when it comes to developing a business. Wilford, how have you accomplished all this? Uh, you mean time-wise or? It's just going step by step and uh, how, how did we end up, well, I think we are not at the end, with the number of applications we have alone for racing. Okay, I remember in 1981, I designed the first 10 or 12 race tracks. And, uh, and now we have 1,700 or 1,800, David knows exactly. Uh, but most of our race rings, 90% are made in Corona. Sorry for the word Corona, but I like the city of Corona. And uh, so whenever we had someone, we, I said once to Greg Cooley, he was still in charge. And I said, we are this suspension company for the motorsport industry. And what we have the damn commitment when there is a need for a spring, we have the obligation to make it. And that's what we that's what we did all the years. Whenever someone came and said, I need an application, I need a spring for my mini midget. <laughs> also, Steve Lewis. Uh, so and uh, then we made the springs. And then when we saw there is at least a, a reasonable quantity to follow, we made it a, a catalog part and put some on the shelf. And that's why we ended up with 1,700 part numbers, which we have on the shelf. And, uh, and that's, that's what, what we are doing. And um, the, it's only possible if we would be a company owned by an investor or be at the Wall Street, we wouldn't be allowed to do so. Because some of these parts, they turn around maybe once every three years. Uh, so, from a profit standpoint, there are some things which we should not do. But being being committed to the motorsport industry in which we are, and we are enthusiastic about it, and fortunately, as a family-owned company, we don't have any greedy shareholders to feed. So, so we are allowed to do so. And uh, and yeah, it's passion. It's passion. There's possibly more emotions in there than rational thinking once in a while, but the combination makes it. And, and therefore I think this is only possible with the family owned companies uh, that we can say, come on, we are going to do it. And, um, and when our, we have a few shareholders on only a very few, which means the bankers when they come in and say, and the first time they said, hey, you have too many, too much inventory. And I said, then I explained to him the model. And then they said, yeah, we understand. Next time I say, don't you want to complain about our image? No, you need that. <laughs> so, so we are all fine. And uh, it, it's, um, yeah, it's more than, it's, it's our life. It's our life, I think you know it. And, and to be honest, I'm now 78 and I like it every day. It's the best medicine I can have to be with these guys. They care for me as much as I care for them. It's a wonderful world. That's all. And uh, sorry, next year, Wacha, the three musketeers will be there. John, I'd like to add to that. 
Uh, I think Wilford's greatest trait is obviously he's been fearless over the years um, to make these steps going across the country or the ocean uh, to another country, bringing his his company across and, and seeking business. But his his greatest trait and attribute, I think, has always been having the right people around um, from his wife, Nina, to, uh, you know, everybody that's involved in the business and relationships that he's made. He, <clears throat> he'll tell you uh, himself that, you know, he's, he's the, known as the matchmaker. You know, he, uh, if you've been, anybody's been around in the PRI or because uh, he, he knows everybody, first of all. So you walk around with Wilfred and, uh, you know, <clears throat> everybody knows who he is. But uh, anybody has any issues like Francis talked about earlier and, uh, you know, wants to know some advice. And uh, if he doesn't know, he knows someone that knows and he'll make that connection. And uh, I think, you know, that's very important. I think that's probably his greatest attribute. Um, if you walk around, Stefan can uh, attest to this. If you walk around the company, um, you know, there's great pride. Like you said, it's a, it's a family company. We all feel the same pride. Uh, we're making a product that we stand behind. We know it's, uh, you know, we have the support behind us. And um, I think, you know, that's a test to Wilfred from the top down. And it really resonates with the whole company. Yeah, well, Wilfred's amazing. I have seen Wilfred in action at an off-road race in, in Arizona. Arizona. And Wilfred has this way of turning everybody into a cousin. So, like, as he walks through the race, he knows everybody. He's happy as hell. And everybody's a cousin. It's, it's really uh, wonderful. Okay, let's get down to business a little bit. Uh, David, you want to tell us about Cy the Cyber Week sale you have going on right now? Sure. Yeah, we... Uh... As, as we all know, the uh, well, this year, more than ever, the, the, the cyber sales are just uh, through the roof of not being able to go anywhere. But um, we started this a few years ago and uh, just, you know, started as the, the Thursday kind of through Monday. It's, it's grown and now we're, uh, we're stretched out for two weeks between wholesalers and retail. But we've uh, had a good week or so of uh, cyber week sales. Um, so, yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, that's for the uh, crazy year that we've had, uh, and you guys too, I mean, uh, you know, your, your platform just couldn't have, the timing couldn't have been better. Uh, we thank you, John and Francis, for uh, having us, first of all, and, and putting us on. But uh, yeah, the, the whole, uh, you know, online shopping experience and, and Cyber Week uh, this year more than ever has just been, been crazy. Great. And then, Stefan, I want to uh, bring you into this conversation. Well, once you describe your role at IBOC, and then uh, how much fun it is to be representing IBOC in the racing world. Yeah, uh, thanks for the invitation and for, for the word. So, um, yeah, I've been with IBOC now in with 18 years and started as a mechanic in the R&D center and, yeah, grow up to, to an engineer. And now I uh, run the whole motorsport department here in, in Germany. And, yeah, uh, as uh, Wilfred mentioned, the most of the biggest benefits what we have internal is the, the global network what we have. So internal network in case of the engineering team, in case of production team. So each plant is set up after uh, the Dean ISO rules and certifications. And therefore we have quite a good basic standards set up. And this all is done by Wilfred's passion. So uh, like David mentioned, he has so many or set up so many peoples around the world uh, who knows him really well. And, and therefore, it, it makes sense, uh, things easier to, to work with 
when you uh, work after Wilfred's passion. Therefore, it's uh, it's fun to work for Alba. May I add something? He's a little bit too modest. <laughs> uh, he is. He, he grew up to be the specialist for suspension, including the meaning the suspension setup, including the spring, the damper, and the stabilizer bar. And he's working with uh, with especially with special vehicle to do the complete setup. Mostly we work uh, with uh, Bilstein on the shock absorber side, and um, and uh, for example over here in the mid Middle East and here. There is a market for armored vehicles, and you know these vehicles—they put up two times the weight of the original vehicle. And if you don't change the suspension, they drive around like drunken dromedaries. Uh, so, so he's working on those uh, on those vehicles, and he does it all up to the final test driving. And he's a really a specialist in there. So. That's Stefan. And yeah. it's fun to be out with him. It's fun to be out with David. So when the day is done, there's always an evening and a time for a beer. <laughs> okay. And then uh, again, one of the hardest things about racing today is that uh, uh, there's just so many diverse ways of going racing. Everybody has kind of micro niches for uh, the racing technology and the applications. And iBot keeps up with all that. So as everything diversifies, a lot of companies can't work across the whole spectrum of motorsports, but iBot can, which is just amazing. And then Cameron, uh, I have to say that the suspension setup of a trophy truck <clears throat> kind of rivals the technology in F1 racing. I mean, it's just astounding what you demand uh, out of that truck when it comes to suspension. So tell us about the, the challenge of the suspension in off-road racing, and then how iBot works with you to, to resolve that issue. Well, the biggest thing for me when you start looking at a trophy truck is the front of the truck has 25 inches of wheel travel and the rear of the truck has about 36 inches capable. We actually have our strapped a little shorter than that. And the, and the amazing part about what the spring does, I mean, not only does it hold the truck up and give you your ride height and it has to perform at that comfort level for when you're on the graded road or on the fast road, you're going 120 miles an hour plus, but that same spring has to produce as the shock as the system drops out and then as it as it compresses and bottoms out and it's really amazing the the progression and consistency that you can have with the iBox spring and that's what really counts on the trophy truck i mean you're you have so much unsprung weight also with that tire and wheel combo you know you think about how much weight is hanging out there and what we're trying to accomplish with a 6500 pound vehicle it's just shocking to go through that technology and then what Eibach has been great with, we actually just went through a ton of um, uh, testing with the Ford Bronco. For those of you that uh, know, we were racing um, with their new prototype uh, Bronco R at the Baja 1000. And uh, it was really cool because David and his crew at Eibach um, had different uh, ideas and setups that we could take to the Bronco and make it work as plush as possible. Now, you got to remember, it's a limited travel vehicle. It only has 11 inches of front wheel travel so we're looking for like this brilliant combination of well it still gets on top but it doesn't rebound too hard and oh it doesn't bottom out too quickly it's like the the ask is not just one right it's it's all these different areas in the suspension and we had just an amazing run with bronco and 
And thanks to David and everybody at IBOC. I mean, uh, there's a backstory to it too, where David was actually uh, handing off springs to helicopters that were flying around. <laughs> and, uh, we were transferring out to the desert so we could try different setups. It was, it was an amazing week of testing, but you know, I think that to answer your question, to have something, uh, a product that has consistency and quality that you can trust. I mean, if you break a spring, you're out of the race, right? And your whole life in that trophy truck depends on being able to move forward through, you know, three and four foot deep holes. So you're not asking it to set at one setting or, or move a finite amount. We're talking about three feet of travel in the rear of the truck, more or less. Yeah. That, that's astounding. And uh, David, uh, uh, what is the, the main difference between uh, different spring brands and the springs that Eibach produces? David? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is, it's kind of what Cameron just touched on is, uh, you know, we pride ourselves with consistency. Uh, it's, it's not easy to make one spring, but it's very difficult to consistently make the same springs within a tight tolerance uh, year after year, you know, uh, these, well, Cameron probably uh, uses them up in that form of racing quicker than anybody, but, uh, you know, typical racers can have them for a couple of years. So, you know, what you pull out of a box needs to be within, you know, the same percentile as uh, two years ago as it is this year to match up. Um, otherwise you're going to, you're throwing your setup off. Um, so it's, you know, I think what sets us apart IBOC is, the ability to have that recipe and, and year after year, not only improve on that, but consistently have the same products and that people can trust and pull that box off the shelf and know what's inside of it. And we do that not only here, but same in Germany, same in China. So, you, you know, basically you can get that same spring anywhere around the world and your race team knows what they can depend on and it's going to be the same thing. For sure. I think that's a great, sorry to butt in, but that's a great point, David, because no matter what we do, when you send us a spring, we know it's the exact same spring we can put right in the truck and go race. And we don't have to worry about going out and doing a bunch of testing to verify um, that it's the same. And, and I think that that consistency, again, is just lets you build your entire race vehicle around that consistency. And I, I back on that point, when I came to uh, Corona and we did the spring testing, the, the tolerance of the spring versus uh, our Baja 1000 winning spring in 2018, it was amazing how still exact that spring was after we raced on it. Yeah, it was within less than 1% from when it started, wasn't it? After yeah. 1,000 plus miles or whatever. And, insane. Yeah. Insane. I can't, I can't believe it. I mean, to be able to have that kind of um, quality and, and be able to trust it is just <laughs> shocking. But to be able to go there and prove it right to put it on the machine and see it work. And then you're like, wow, that's pretty incredible. I, I love the idea of consistency that you can depend on. It's, it's not talked about enough in racing, but, but that's a real thing in racing. And I'm glad you brought that up. Wilfred, are you going to say something? Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something about the tolerances. <clears throat> um, usually people think Germans are always uh, pushing forward for the finest product. But we were pushed in America to make the lowest tolerances on race springs. And uh, um, so it was the American motorsport industry which requested from us tolerances of plus minus 2% on any general EIS spring. Here, we were at that time at plus minus 4%. Yeah. Now we're also down to 2% here. 
but the biggest challenge gave us NASCAR when they said they wanted plus minus 1%. And we do it and we keep the consistency throughout the travel. So we learned through the American motorsport industry to become better. And, uh, and it's, it's fine. I, I was proud about that. Hey, we came, I came back to Germany and said, hey, we have to get better here. <laughs> so it's a, there was a little bit of a little bit of a competition between our US facility and here, which is normal. Today, yeah. we are all wise enough, we know we are, all, we are so identical. We use the same machinery, we use the same um, wire, we use, we are so identical. Even in China, they have the most modern uh, German winding machines. Of course, that is also an important part. The raw material, as you need a solid foundation to make a yeah. superior product. If, we need high tensile material, which is also durable. So we have to test the, our suppliers on that side as well. So, but I would like to bring one point up here where I'm proud of. We learned from motorsports an ideal test field to go over known engineering limits. Then we became, we found the market, the aftermarket, which you say SEMA, we say uh, performance automotive market, we became a leading company there. But for a company which comes from motorsport and through aftermarket to be a highly sought OEM supplier, that happened over the last five to six years. We have built a special plant. We have now practically all high-end brands as our customers, Ferrari, Maserati, McLaren, Porsche, BMW M, AMG, one third of our business here in Germany is now OEM. And that is unusual for a company in that size to be so successful there. So, which means the, the experience out of motorsport transfers now into OEM. That's amazing. I, a lot of times in the racing industry, just going back decades, as a company becomes bigger, it's really hard for them to remain competitive in racing because the, the advances in racing just never stop. But uh, Eibach leads the way. And to do both and to do all that, it's really Im impressive. Um, and then uh, is there a difference in the way Eibach manufactures springs for different forms of racing? Um, I'll start oh, that I one. Yeah. Well, as, as Wilfred said, I mean, uh, you know, certain forms of racing have pushed our tolerances really, really tight. So, you know, the, the NASCARs on, on our side and Formula Ones over in the German side, um, some of those have, have obviously pushed the tolerances to uh, really slight, slight margins. Um, but there is differences. Um, in, in America, we race everything from what, you know, lawnmowers to, uh, you know, NASCAR and, and off-road. I mean, they're so completely different it, um, that we do. We have different forms of different lines of springs to uh, to accommodate. Off-road trucks need, you know, a lot, of, you know, a lot of durability as well. So we can't get them too light where there's too much travel and, uh, you know, or overstress the spring. And, um, you know, a dirt, a dirt late model, um, they're, really unbound in their rules and uh, they're really pushing the limits of uh, you know how much 
compression they're putting on springs, stored energy. They're really big on stored energy and keeping the car to, at an angle um, versus a, you know, a, a pavement car where it doesn't travel very much. So there is different ways that we do manufacture different lines of the springs. How we manufacture the spring uh, doesn't really change, but uh, the different lines of springs definitely are, are catered to different forms of racing for sure. Stefan can probably tell you a little more about uh, what they do in Germany. Yeah, so uh, I can follow up with what David explained. So in that case that we have uh, so completely different applications fields in racing, doesn't matter if in Europe or in, in the US, Therefore, also we need we need um, certain raw materials. Uh, let's start at, at eight millimeter and end up at the off-road truck at, at 20. And therefore, you can imagine that we have the same processes in production, but for sure need different machines, different lineup and machines to um, yeah to control the, the wire and to get out the, the best result for the spring or to find the, the best and consistent way to produce the spring. And um, yeah, therefore we we um, we have absolutely perfect setup of machinery in um, all facilities around the world. Yeah, to produce that that kind of spring, what uh, what the customer, what our catalog products are uh, looking for. But at least the the production uh, steps or the processes will be more or less similar. It depends a little bit what kind of raw material you use for sure. But uh, at the end, all steps. So what's really important for us is. It's a really uh, high-end um, raw material because yeah, you need a good, uh, good foundation, a good ground, uh, a good start point uh, to produce a spring. When you have a not consistent wire um, quality, you also are not able to produce a spring in a constant quality. And therefore, um, all our springs uh, run through the same production step like winding, heating, uh, shot peening, um, pre-setting pre what's really, really important uh, that you keep the right height consistent. Also what Cameron explained after after his uh, buyer victory. And also for us, uh, most, I think also uh, important race for you is at 24 hours at the Nürburgring. When you have in 24 hours, more or less between 100 and uh, 120 and 130 laps per race, it means around about um, or more than 3,000 kilometers in 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 uh, yeah in in one day on the on the green hill, and you cannot have a better doability test for your product. And uh, that results what we get out of these, let's say, uh, real uh, doability tests on a car, um, yeah, uh, gets um, yeah improved, and therefore we set up new design rules for for. Um, the next uh, ERS applications, or we take a look if we can find something um, in, in the raw material to get out a little bit more travel or whatever. So that's a, a constant um, circle uh, of the whole development and research processes work all the time. Great, very cool. Okay, and then uh, Wilfred, how does IBOC view or utilize sponsorships? I like to get sponsors, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of worldwide so, racing. Yeah. Um, so first of all, um, to have a sticker on a car is nice, um, but uh, I, uh, we are not going for it. We can uh, sleep without it. So which means we don't want to prostitute our products. And just to have a sticker on the car and pay for it that's not what we want. We have to have additional reasons 
to to create a win-win situation. So so therefore, it's always a little bit difficult to support individuals because their competitors may say there's a special deal. So we like to be a little bit neutral and fair to everyone. And uh, so, but uh, of course, in China, when we wanted to create some recognition, we went with some touring cars there, uh, with Volkswagen especially, Ford also. So, and uh, so, but sponsorship is something, it's, it's not so easy. Uh, we, for us, it's uh, certain people, of course, uh, like uh, we like to make special product for someone special. Uh, like Cameron, of course. Um, so, which is, we like that personal challenge and we like to be involved with the, uh, with the adventure behind it, to be in Bachab, to be in Ensenada and be close and uh, uh, talk to Cameron the afternoon before he was winning the race. And uh, <laughs> it was nice. And uh, yeah, sponsorship, it's a little bit difficult. Really, we leave it, every company, every, in China, they have to do a little bit more than in the US. I don't know. And here, we we go with Audi. Yeah, we have certain sponsorships, but uh, for sure, it also depends a bit on what you are looking for. Did you like to uh, visualize uh, your market or our brand? Uh, or uh, are we searching for new markets where we can step in? Because at the end of the day, we like to uh, produce drinks and this has to be sold. So, uh, and therefore, it's completely different, and it's uh, it's not so easy this this question to to answer right. But on the other side, when you have a, a team where you work really close with, or a manufacturer where you work really close with, uh, to test also new materials, new um, spring application, and so on. Therefore, maybe it's a benefit for both sides. Um, to, to get the, the best out of the deal. And this um, it doesn't matter if it's, an, it's a deal based on cash or on, on, on products, you know? Um, and therefore it's, um, it's, it's difficult around the world. And, and therefore each uh, facility, each uh, company make its own um, sponsorships. But Dave made it the right way. Dave, please explain how you broke into the various uh, race series Dirtnate model and model and so on. You have your special uh, ideas there. Well, for me personally, I was uh, I was racing, and Ibach somewhat sponsored me, and uh, ended up going to work for him and becoming the sales manager. So uh, that sponsorship worked out great. <laughs> uh, sure did. No, but uh, as a whole, I mean, we look at it more as a as a relationship than sponsorship. Uh, I think the word yeah. sponsorship definitely gets thrown around too much, you know. Um, you know, what we rely on uh, with a, a team or individual person or whatnot is um, obviously some, some feedback um, with our product. You know, we're going to definitely, if we're going to come out with any new parts, we want to go to them and kind of uh, let them use them and test them and see what kind of uh, results we get before we go to market with them. Um, as well as their, their social reach. You know, these days it's not just putting a sticker on the car. It's what, what can they provide for IBOC as well. So it's a service going both ways. You know, we're going to obviously help develop new products, get them tested with this uh, team. And then, you know, how can that team help uh, promote us as well? So it's, it's definitely a relationship that goes both ways. 
Thank and you. then Cameron, uh, I want to ask you kind of similar question. I mean, really, when you pick IBOC as a part, as you have, it's also like choosing a partner. So there's got to be a lot of thought process that goes into that. For sure. And to expand on the whole sponsorship relationship thing, you know, for us, we're we're here to not just be a racer or a sticker slapper. You know, there's a lot of people that put a sticker on a vehicle and and say we're sponsored. But for us, you know, it comes down to having a relationship and being able to define more than just uh, putting a sticker on there, using the product, developing it. We love to test uh, iBox ability to deliver the products with the trophy truck, the UTV, um, with the Raptors, everything that we do down at our Baja HQ shop. And, and not only that, we build content, we build television shows, we build web episodes. And so I think that for us, more than just being a race team, we're a marketing team. And I think that, that that's something that everybody can benefit from. But we look at it from a family standpoint. And to your question, John, you asked how we choose. For us, we just go with the very best product and then build the relationship along the way. Uh, for me, we have to be sponsored. I, I don't have the independent wealth to be a race team without having that sponsorship. And so we've been able to forge relationships with people that I think deliver the very best product. And of course, everybody will say that everybody toes the line on, on their sponsors are the very best, but I would challenge anybody to look at any product on our race truck or on any of our vehicles and tell me that there's something that's better available out there. And I don't think that's possible. And for us to be able to represent these brands like Ibach and Fox, BF Goodrich, you know, whoever it is, companies that bring the heat when it comes to race day, right? They bring the engineering, they bring the data. We just spent months with Ford engineering because they bring the data and it's, it's amazing. And for us, we can't do it without. And I think that to hear David's explanation and Wilfred and everybody talk about it, it, it is more than just a sponsorship. You have to look at it from such a wide swath of what that means, the credibility of the individual, but also the credibility of the team results, their media and their positioning in the community. If people you know, don't want to be a part of what that group is doing or that person is doing, it's hard to sponsor them because of the possible negative feelings around that. You know, it's, it's, it's a massive question. It's a tough one. And I think the entire industry of racers, you know, there's no, I don't think there's a perfect formula that you can box and everybody has a little bit of a different opinion towards it. For me, it's uh, building a relationship with people that I look at as family. Very good. We have a specific question from the audience. So uh, you can go down to kind of the chat option and type in a question and, and I'll catch it. Uh, so David, how important are that thrust washers for spring bind? Uh, I think they're definitely uh, useful in any form of racing. Um, there is, uh, depending on the, the travel of the spring, the more travel that you have, the more torsional twist you're going to get. It also depends on the form of racing. Uh, obviously, in, in dirt forms of racing, it's difficult to keep those clean. It's a short type race in dirt, and the springs can be, you know, covered with bags or whatnot. Uh, it helps if it's, you know, in the Baja 1000 type. Uh, I don't know. Cameron might be able to better answer that, but I don't think they would last, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, pavement racing, anywhere where they're kept clean, uh, I think they're, you know, definitely beneficial for sure. Okay. Uh, I also can interrupt a little bit um, because uh, the thrust uh, bearings are also really important uh, when you compress um, um, a cold spring. Uh, you know, you also have torsion in the material. 
uh, and to remove or to, to control this torsion, uh, therefore the truss bags are really good that the spring do not yeah, stuck uh, on the spring seat, therefore it's flexible and can, can turn and move, and therefore you have no negative uh, yeah, loads out of the, the torsion out of the spring. Yeah, very good. Now I'm, I'm going to run out of time. I, 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 I can spend hours talking to you guys. I'm kind of preparing for us to draw this to a close. So here's a big question. <coughs> Excuse me. Wilfred, I'll start with you. What's the future look like for IBOC? Yeah, we, are, we will remain a suspension company. If we will continue to work with wire or with air or with oil, or maybe a sack of peas, which makes the suspension, but we will stick in there. And the good part is, um, if someone there out there is a genius and he invents something on suspension, which nobody knows until today, he will possibly come to us and say, hey, can you help us to bring this to the market? And so at the moment we are pretty happy to be in suspension. Here in this area, there are so many companies which make parts, stamping parts and so on for, for combustion engines. And they are not doing very well here at the moment, or even being in exhaust pipes in the automotive OE industry. Uh, you are not in good shape. So for, on the suspension side, we are absolutely fine. And, uh, and you know, we are not only in suspension springs, we are in playgrounds, we are in bar swings for big ship engines. We are one of the most diverse companies in this area. So therefore we are not badly hit by, by this crisis here at the moment. And um, so I think we are all so flexible in thinking and so curious about market segments. There always will be, will be something which uh, we haven't been yet. And, um, and so we are now very much in special vehicle. There's so much business out there because those people, they really don't have the engineering to engineer suspension. Um, this can be, we have the, the, they pull big airplanes. So they need springs. We make springs dampers for them. And uh, so he has, he has a very interested, interesting market. Um, we call it heavy duty suspension. We are just beginning to go into this market segment. So, and on the other side, uh, okay, you will ask me, you are 78 now, how long will you live? <laughs> so the future of us, from the company standpoint. First of all, there's my daughter. So then we have foundations. We have a family foundation. We have a, um, a charity foundation. So they all will be involved in the company and in the curatorium or in the uh, committee, there are people from us. Julian Gill is in there. Christian Zebralla is in here. One or two guys from here are in there. So they control their own destiny once I'm gone. So, but I'm not, I'm still here. <laughs> You're not well, going to a lot more Baja to do before, before you go anywhere, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, funny thing with David, how often have we, be, we been together in Baja? And uh, the first times as we said, okay, David, you drive with me. After two or three years, I said, I'm now going to drive with you. So that's the role has changed. So I'm now the passenger 
and he's the expert. Always nice. We always had fun together with David. Uh, easy to say we, we share a friendship. So which is in most cases, in mostly the case here everywhere. Uh, David, uh, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, looking ahead to the future of IBOC, do you want to share some thoughts with us? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wilfred kind of touched on a lot of the, the topics there, but uh, it's a difficult question. But uh, as he said, we're going to remain, uh, you know, thanks to Wilfred. He, he lets us stay focused in racing, um, which I think is our core. You know, it's always kind of been the core and that uh, allows us to make high performance products outside of that. So whether that's you know, off-road trucks uh, or street off-road trucks or uh, performance street kits or, like he said, who knows, playground park stuff. Who knows where the, the, the world's going to go. But I think, you know, ultimately it's, it's we're, you know, a racing group. Everybody that works here has a, a passion for racing. And I think, uh, you know, typically that's the same around the world. So you go to Germany and China, everybody obviously has that that feeling, you know, we're, we're here for a reason. Um, so even when Wilford's gone, like he said, I think, uh, you know, the group will remain focused on racing and, uh, you know, aftermarket performance. So uh, right now we're heavily pushing in the uh, trucks are very popular. Um, so we're kind of seeing a, a push in that in the last few years. And I don't see that ending anytime soon in the, in the UTV market and whatnot, but um, it all will revolve basically around the, the racing world. I bet. And then Stefan, I'll ask the same question of you. Uh, looking ahead to the future of IBOC, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, at first, um, thanks to Wilfred that everything is set up for, uh, for the future and um, that we are looking in a really good uh, uh, future because um, especially here in, in Germany, we have many different um, business units where we work on different application fields. So uh, like uh, Wilfred mentioned, we have 30% uh, um, of the company um, runs for the automotive uh, OE sector, 30% um, for, for the aftermarket, which includes uh, the motorsports here in, in, in Germany. And um, the other 40% uh, are for industrial, um, yeah, wellspring for, for bigger um, ship engines and so on. And therefore we have a really, really good base and we are absolutely open for, for new applications fields. And, and therefore everything is set up for the future. And uh, yeah, each car and uh, needs suspension, uh, doesn't matter if springs or um, yeah, air jacks or whatever, uh, but uh, we are absolutely flexible. And I think that's a big benefit of us. Yeah. yeah, very good. Oh. Thank you. Like I just want to ask, what, oh, go ahead, Wilfred. Yeah, um, and um, we all know about PI and SEMA. Uh, seeing us as uh, PI, we, we will not be sold. <laughs> so, uh, therefore, we set up this structure. And, and I was once or multiple times asked in, in, in America, uh, uh, they wanted to buy us. We have a good name, we have a good product, we are profitable. And then uh, I said, no. Uh, I started here with three people and now we are a few more. And most of them have become friends and I, they care for me. And of course I care for them. And, I'm, and then my answer was, would you sell your friends? So, so it's, therefore everything is set in place that this company stays as it is family owned and will not be sold and cannot be sold 
to anyone uh, as an investor of private equity, because we have seen it too often in the same moment, someone steps in or too often and starts to milk the cow. And uh, uh, that's what I wanted to avoid. So we will stay as we are, inspired and uh, curious about the future, but happy to be together and hopefully continue to be respected by the industry. And one thing which I like most is we don't want, we, we want to have the best product, but we also would like our customers to, to enjoy to work with us hand in hand. That's most important. And, uh, and I think we have this kind of attitude that someone can come around with us and, and that will stay forever, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you say IBOC, is, it's not going to be sold. There's people in the racing business around the world right now nodding their heads and saying, that's a good idea. Keep IBOC, <laughs> IBOC, IBOC, don't change. Real quick, uh, uh, David, I, I just want to, uh, or um, Cameron, uh, what's the future for you? And then we'll wrap this up. Well, for us, you know, we've been doing this. Uh, I've been driving off-road cars since 85 and created our own uh, media and racing business uh, in 2003. Uh, we're going to keep going. Right now, our main focus is on the Peninsula Run for the Baja 1000. Next year, we'll be racing to La Paz, which is a big thing for us. Um, beyond that, you know, we've been creating uh, off-road adventure trips that are media-based. Uh, our TV shows, Rip to Cabo and Trail Emissions, uh, are partnered up with uh, ESPN and ABC World um, television programming. And you know, for me to be able to share it, that's really what's most important to me. And I, I know that Wilfred loves Baja. I love Baja. David does. All of us do. And for me, I, I love to share just the vibe of what we do. And our company's uh, motto is share the stoke. And so I think the biggest thing for me is to be able to bring my daughters up, share that Baja vibe and the off-road vibe with them, but also spread that love. And so for that reason, we don't just race trophy trucks. We race the UTVs, the ultra fours, we ride dirt bikes, we do adventure trips and I think, you know, short-term vision, win that Baja 1000 Peninsula run. We've uh, had some great success over the last six years. We've been first, second, third, and fourth. Uh, we haven't won the Peninsula run, which is the really the granddaddy of all off-road races. So that's what we're focused on right now. And then beyond that, just sharing off-roading because we all know uh, can't be a, a winning trophy truck driver forever. So eventually there's going to be some kind of sidestep into uh, growing our, our footprint as, you know, media and a sharing company. Okay. Very Wilford, good. What do you think? We need to tag along on uh, Cameron's, one of his trips down there before it's over, huh? For sure. Yeah. Hey, we, we will, we will visit uh, Sal in, in La Paz. He has an apartment there. We were down there together. You, you know, we, we made this trip with, uh, with five, six people in our own vehicles. <laughs> took us five or six days to get down there. So, but we enjoyed it. So uh, we will be down there, David, huh? <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna wrap this right up. Uh, I, I wanna thank you so much for being here. The next webinar following us will be Ring Seal Soup, how honing oil rings and pistons combine to create ring seal, which impacts engine performance and longevity with total seal piston rings. Uh, this has been fabulous. I think any business school ought to study Wilfred Eibach and somebody else ought to write a paper on him and a book on him and crack his code for running a business because it's just spectacular. And, and I've, I've studied it myself. I still don't know how Wilfred's done it all, but it's just always fun to talk to you, Wilfred. 
and, and you guys here. So thank you very much. And Francisco, I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Wilfred, Stefan, David, Cameron. You guys were brilliant. What a great webinar. We, you know, enjoyed it so much. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.